any of you have had a little bit of your world shaken over the last four months? Some things that you counted on weren't available? Anybody? Routines got changed? Anybody have a difference in your routine over the last four months? How many of you, you have just learned that while you loved those people, being shut up with them for three months is a bit of a much? All right, anybody? Hey, happens to everybody. This morning, we're beginning just a little two-part series this week and next week. And we've entitled it Unshakable. While there are things that are shaken and will continue to be shaken, there just must be some things in our life that are, say it, unshakable, unshakable. Hebrews chapter 12, let's read there. Beginning in verse 18, the writer of the Hebrews says this. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. For they heard an awesome trumpet blast and a voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. Here was the command. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight that he said, I am terrified and trembling. Verse 22, no, That's not the mountain that you've come to. No, you have come not not to Mount Sinai, but to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Did you hear all that? You didn't come to a God that you're afraid when he speaks. You've come right in as children into the throne room of God. The writer is contrasting these two settings. He goes on then in verse 25. He says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. So back then he spoke and it shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, here's the promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. Heavenly Father, we bless you today. We thank you. I pray, Lord, that before we're done today, hmm, that those pieces of us, all of us that have been shaken, that there would be something stronger than that. Lord, we'll all still deal with our flesh. We'll all still grow afraid at times. There will be things in our lives that will shake us. But Father, I pray that there would be something beneath all of that, a foundation, a kingdom, a faith. Like that chorus said, the thing that anchors us to the ground, 
And that's you, Father. Stir that in each person today. In Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Let me give you just a one-minute history of what's going on in this section of Scripture. So you'll, just so that everybody, maybe this is the first time you've read this. Maybe you've not heard about Mount Sinai. But the Israelites, the people of God, have been in Egyptian slavery for many years. They've been delivered from that, and they've come out of Egypt and the bondage there. They have crossed the Red Sea by the miraculous hand of God when he parted the Red Sea and the waters there. And they now stand in front of a mountain, Mount Sinai, and it's on this mountain that God will speak to Moses and he'll give the Ten Commandments. It's where he will establish the law. All kinds of things are going to happen. And the setting is so powerful that the earth quakes and the sky is illuminated and there are sounds, trumpet blasts, and the sound of the voice of God that's like described like the voice of many waters. It's a thundering display of God's earthly power and it is so overwhelming that the people cry out, stop speaking God, don't talk anymore. Don't, don't speak to us. And they say to Moses, you go and talk to him and you come back and tell us what he said because his, his presence is just too much for us. Now that is a picture, isn't it? The writer then says, that's not what you've come to. You, because of the blood of Jesus and the new covenant and his shed blood and what that righteousness has afforded you, they said, that's not the way that you won't come to the Father in that. Rather, you're coming to Mount Zion, which is a symbol to Israeli people of this of this." of this gathering in of family. And he says, you're going to come to all of the angels in joyous procession. It's like this great party atmosphere of those who've been adopted into the kingdom of God and you're coming to Jesus and you're coming to the Father and it's this wonderful picture of celebration. It's a good contrast, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I like being in that second group. That's the setting. And then in this End verse down at the end, it says, listen, if you thought God shook the earth on Mount Sinai, just wait. He said, because there is coming a day when God says he will not only shake the earth, but he's going to shake the earth and the heavens. That is a prophetic verse of scripture that comes from a section of scripture that really is a promise of what's coming in the end times. Now, I don't know that we're there but we're in the neighborhood. <laughs> we're closer than we used to be, I can tell you that. Amen? That's not the purpose. The purpose is not to talk about the thing. It's to, it's to recognize that there is this intention. There is this plan. There is this allowance. Whichever word, whatever syntax you're most comfortable with, that God is going to shake things. Any of you feel shaken lately? Come on, just me and Otis. By a show of hands, something in your world. How many of you have had a moment over the last four months where your emotions were just sort of unfraveled by the shaking going on in your world? Anybody have your economics a little shaken over the last four months? Anybody, I mean, it just sort of closed your world down? Anybody have a little shaken? Found your rest, a little anxiety? You're, you're just, you've just been shaken. I just want you to know, first of all, this morning as we begin this, but that's nothing new. Lest you and I, and how many of you like me, that my, my spiritual attention spans about five minutes long. What do I mean by that? 
I want to feel blessed by God now. Anybody? Lord, I appreciate that you blessed me last year, but I like need a blessing now. Anybody with me? And I want one of those enduring blessings. I want to, what I really want, Lord, is for you to just remove all, I mean, all of the shaking out of my future. Anybody? That's kind of what, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Now, I don't really expect it, but I'd take it if he was giving it out. Amen? I just want you to know that this thing that we've lived through, it's not new. Let me give you some historical perspective this morning, just for a couple of moments. Uh, some biblical perspective and then some just world history perspective. I like Isaiah. So beginning in Isaiah 6, Isaiah 6, the first verse, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. What Isaiah is saying is that Uzziah, who he was close to, who had reigned faithfully a long time, Isaiah saying, the year that he died, my world shook. There are many stories in the scripture over and over of the people of Israel going into captivity. I don't know about you, but I suspect that when the Babylonians show up and they load up you and all your loved ones and everything that you have and they move you to a foreign land, your world shakes on that day. Amen? And you live in a state, perhaps for the rest of your life, in a shaken state. And that happened over and over in the nation of Israel. During the time of Jesus, the Romans had come in and were occupying Israel. And before his birth, and even after the time of Jesus, the occupation by the Romans shook the Jewish world. Say amen if you get that. If you come into modern history, there might be a few of you here this morning old enough to remember the Great Depression. Some of you have seen pictures of people in this country standing in bread lines trying to get enough food to feed their families. I tend to believe on that day the world shook for them. Say amen if you get it. We've gone through two world wars that shook our whole world. The greatest generation came out of that. How many of you, even if you weren't alive, and many of you were, but you will certainly recognize the date, December 7th, 1941, when the world shook. I went looking for, to see if I could find audio recordings of sermons, and I found one. Baylor University has a great digital library of of some of their ministers, and I found one, and his audio recording from December 14th, 1941. Guess what he preached on? How the world had been shaken and how the Lord was faithful. Listen, this is not the first time that our world has shaken. Listen, I'm not diminishing COVID, and as one who has had it, I'm telling you, it's a real deal, but this isn't in comparison. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't have a mask, and that's not what this is about. Some people are comparing it to things. This is not as bad. Well, I'm not doing that, but I want you to know that in 1918, when the Spanish flu struck, at that time, the world population was somewhere between 950 million and a billion people. The whole world and 50 million people died. 675,000 people in the United States died in 1918 from the Spanish flu. Our world has been shaken before. You get it? The polio outbreak, some of you will remember, I'm not old enough, but some of you, I'm not nearly old enough, but some of you are, <laughs> to remember the 1950s. It's one thing, listen, I'm not diminishing, please don't get that. It's one thing when there's a disease that kills the eldest and the weakest of your population, but it's a whole nother deal 
when it begins to kill your children. And polio in the 50s began to kill children. And there are still people alive whose legs are ravaged because their systems, their nervous systems are ravaged because of what polio did in the 1950s here in our nation. It wasn't until the mid-50s when Jonas Salk developed the vaccination that eradicated polio from our world. But our world has been shaken before. What about September the 11th, 2001, when our whole world shook? Every church filled up the next Sunday. We've been shaken before, haven't we? What about November 1963? Anybody tell me what happened in November of 1963? John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and the whole world shook. Only a couple years later, when Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated, and the whole world shook under our feet. What about Vietnam and the world shook? What about Gulf Wars and the earth shook? You say, oh, but the racial riots that are going on. Oh, it's never been like this before. Really, since 1958, there have been racial riots large enough for them to be named 60 times, basically one a year. We have shook before. And you know what? We are still here. Amen? Amen? Come on, we've been through shaken before and the Lord has been faithful. We have been shaken before and the Lord has delivered his people. We have been shaken again and again and again and yet the Lord is still delivering his people. Amen? And I'm, I'm, I don't know where that came from, but that was good right there. That's not even in my notes. Come on, we're still here. No generation of Americans, and I'm not just trying to make the whole world center on America, but I've lived here for most of my life, and no generation of Americans have not endured a time of being shaken. Lest you and I, in our tiny little perspective, forget that if you're going to be alive on this earth, you're going to be shaken. And if you haven't yet, and I don't know where you've been, I thought about, you know, if I had enough money, I'd buy me an island and I'd test everybody, and then we'd just live on that island. And some of you are going to be invited there. <laughs> but I'm picking. No, not everybody, Brenda. Everybody says, no, it's my island. I'm going to pick. All of you. All right? Nobody from Washington. <laughs> all right? I'm playing. All right, listen. The point is this. No, no generation, lest you think that your life is shaken. Every life is shaken. In fact, the scripture promises that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. You're not living in a time where there's heaven on earth. This is a proving ground. This is a testing time. And if you haven't faced shaking yet, here's the good news, sweet baby. It's coming. Amen. You will be shaken. There will be times when your emotions are going to be tested. There are going to be times when what you believe in, what you count on, is going to be put to the fire. Here's the question. Is what you are going to be burned up? Or are you going to have something that endures? Is there something in you that is unshakable? Do you have something that cannot be moved? Something that just stands firm? Something that having done all else, it will stand Matthew chapter 7, we won't look at the scriptures, but let me just get you to consider Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. There's the story of two houses. Two houses that are built. 
Jesus uses this parable to teach about the importance about what your life is built on. And in that story, Jesus talks about that the houses are basically built as far as the house themselves, as far as we can tell, exactly the same. The only difference is the foundation upon which they're built. One, and maybe all of you are familiar with this, but we got fairly new people in the room. One of them is built on a foundation that is sand. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and the house is built. The other house is built on a foundation of the rock. It's bedrock, it is solid, it's firm. And the inevitable happens to both houses. Scripture says that the winds and the storms beat upon the houses. Any of you feel that way? Been any wind in your life? Been any storms in your life? We've all gone through a time of shaking. The question is not whether the storm will come. It's coming. Guess what? It will come again. And after that, it will come again. I went to church this morning. Pastor encouraged me. Going to be a lot of storms in life. It was wonderful. Woo, hallelujah, bring on the... Nobody wants to hear that. But how many of you know that it's true? Come on, how many of you know that on the backside of some storm, another one is brewing? That's not the question. The storms will come. The waves are coming. Things are going to fail. Uh, Man, I can't believe I'm preaching this stuff. All right? It's good if everybody's dying. All right? But that's life, guys. It, nobody, you know, who, who was it, that, that guy? Tiptoe through the tulips. The... Tiny Tim, that was it. Nobody lives that life. Amen? There are, there are more blessed days than there are, but listen, I, I'm trying to prepare you to be able to live so that we're not on this roller coaster ride. Rather, we're sailing. Yes, there are storms. Yes, there are difficulties. But there is a God. Amen? Two houses. It's all about what foundation. Some people build on other foundations. Maybe your foundation is your money. Hmm. Everybody's question, what money? (laughs) There are people that build a foundation on money. Well, like a dollar, you can. All right. (laughs) But there are people that do that. How many of you have lived through a period of time where suddenly it, it just tanks. Real estate. Bottom drops out of real estate. Man, we'd put all our money in our home and it was gone. I had, I had all my future in my pension and the company closed and went bankrupt. And the guy in charge stole everything. Come on, you can't have money as your foundation. Is it good to be a good steward? Will the Lord bless your money? Yes, he will. Can he give a return? Yes. Can he secure you in a way that no one can steal? Yes. But, but that treasure is not in this world. It's in another one. Because I don't know if you've figured it out, but there is no, uh, buy gold. I don't know if you noticed, but you can carry that stuff off. There is no absolute security in money. What about, what about your health? Oh, listen, I'm strong and healthy. Come on. Oh, man, that hurt. I have noticed that I get sore sleeping. (laughs) Have y'all, some of y'all like, Jamal, you said, man, he's old. Yeah, just right. Clock's ticking on you, good-looking young man. 
I used to work hard. I'd wake up, my, man, I'd split wood. Or I'd, I'd dig all day. And I'd get up, man, my shoulder's kind of, yeah, but I tell you what, I broke eight, 18 yards of concrete with a sledgehammer. I sleep wrong now, and I can't brush my teeth when I get up. Oh, man, what happened to me? I wake up in the morning now, and I go, I got old man hands, man. You know what I'm talking about? Just, just closing. Man, that, what happened to me? You can't have health as your foundation. I don't care what kind of supplement. I, I tell you what, I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing them, those essential oils all over me. Yeah, that's all right. You're going to be a greased down old guy. All right? I'm eating grass and nuts. That's all right. You're gonna, you know what I mean? You're going to get older. You can't have, listen, I'm doing keto. I'm doing low carbs. That's all right. The clock is ticking. I'm not saying we shouldn't invest and be good stewards, but that can't be the ultimate security of your life. Because that's going, you're going to die. You got it? Lots of good, well, my family, man, my family is my foundation. My family, that's it. You count on them, they're going to, they're going to be there. One of my girls told me the other day, I said something that she didn't like. We play, and she said, someday I'm not going to change your diaper. I said, that's all right. Your sister is, and she's in the will. All right? Got it? Yeah. All right? Family. It wasn't that long ago that I put the most significant chunk of my family in the back of an ambulance and watched it drive off with a coronavirus, with an oxygen saturation of 79, and I didn't know if I'd see her again. And my world shook. I think that's an incredibly important part of my life, but she can't be, she can't be the bedrock that it's built on. Nisi, you can lose a big chunk of your foundation, can't you? Amen? Got to be something, got to be something even more enduring than that. Amen? Not only would I be devastated, I couldn't find nothing without her. <laughs> you got it? I can't find socks. Can't be family. What about what about your job? Come on. Lots of you have had jobs. Suddenly, you go to work one day, and it's done. That can't be the foundation. Oh, it's the, listen, I, in, I trust in the good old U.S. of A. Really? <laughs> You're out of your mind. All right? I, I, listen, I'm a patriot, but that can't, amen, you understand? One election, it can all change. It can all, listen, I believe in my church. That's my foundation. That's my community. Those are the people I can count on. We just went through a season where this whole place shut down. And what if I fail you? This can't be, got to be something better than that. Listen, I want you to depend on us. I want you to be engaged here. I want, but listen, but there's got to be something unshakable. Amen. Because everything else can be shaken. There's only one unshakable kingdom. 
There is only one unshakable eternity, only one unshakable life, only one unshakable force, only one that won't ever fail you, that cannot fail you, that doesn't have in his nature to fail you, only one foundation stone. Only one. Only one. Why is that such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal to be unshakable? Because the real thing, listen, it it does, it produces such peace and rest in the midst of the storms of life to have something that you know you fall back on. When your health is shaken, when your money is shaken, when your relationships are shaken, when your job is shaken, when the government is shaken, when all that is around you is shaken, something upon which you lean on that does not move. And why is that such a big deal? Is it just about sleeping better? No. Is it just about our emotional health? No. That's good, and Jesus is concerned about it. But that's not the real. That's not what the enemy in John 10.10 who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not what he's after. Those are byproducts, and they're good. But what he's really after Listen now, is your testimony. They didn't overcome him by the blood of the lamb and their 401k. They didn't overcome him by the blood of the lamb and their great family unit. They didn't overcome him by the blood of the lamb and they went to the largest church in the river bend. No, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. If you don't know who him is, that's the devil. It's your testimony. Why? Because you and I have said some things about what we believe to the world. God is faithful. Great is your faithfulness to me. Really? Let's see, the devil says. From the rising sun to the setting same I will praise you. Really? Okay. Lord, have you considered, devil, have you considered my servant Job? How he is faithful in all of his ways? And the devil says, yeah, Lord, but you've, you put a hedge about him. Let me touch him. We'll see. The Lord says, get after it, buddy. You ever think maybe he has the same conversation about you? It's your testimony. He wants you to fall and quit believing God so that all those around you to whom you have said, he's faithful, really. Why are you, why are you running around like Chicken Little with your head cut off and the sky is falling right now then? Oh, the coronavirus. <laughs> Any of y'all have floppers? Any of your kids floppers? They didn't get their way. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I think that's the way some of us look to the devil. I've been there. I've been that person over the last four months. And the Lord began to convict me about it. You and I. I'm not saying that we walk without a a realization of what's going on and we're just not in touch with life. But there has got to be something in us. When all others around you fall, having done all, you stand. Why? Why? Because you are built upon an unshakable foundation. 
Because there is something. Because faith isn't just a church thing for you and I. Because faith isn't just something that we say when we're around our religious friends. It's not just some convenient little sliver of our life. It is our life. And there is a foundation under us. It cannot be moved. It doesn't insulate us from everything. Faith isn't this get-out-of-jail-free card from all hardships. But there is this thing under us. Listen to what Ephesians, I have read Ephesians 6 a thousand times, but I read it differently for the first time in the preparation of this, in this season of COVID and the shaken world we live in, the racial things going on in our nation, the economic downturn, the sickness that can take your own health from you. You've had a fever for 15 days. It makes you think about this scripture different. Finally, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, finally. That's it. Any of you reached finally yet? Any of you hit finally yet? Because if you haven't, it's coming. I'm, I'm exaggerating this. Finally, after you have tried everything else, Finally, after you've run out of money. Finally, after the doctors have no more hope. Finally, after there's nothing else for which you can depend upon. Finally, when you got nobody else. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Any of you hit finally yet? Why do these things happen? Because the testing and the trying of your faith works for you a work far greater than gold, though it perishes in the fire. Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on, come on church, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil do you know what a scheme is? A scheme is strategic, it's systematic, and it's sly, and he's got some. If you don't think he's working in this world today, wake up, sweet baby, wake up. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Unshakable. You may not be advancing. You may not be running. You may not be jumping. You may not be moving. But you will stand. Get up off the floor, child of God. Get up out of the dirt. Get up on your feet, daughters of God. Get up on your feet, men of God. Recognize who you are and who you serve and what your job is. You're not here just to make money. You're not just here to represent your family. You are God's children in a shaking world. Matthew chapter 5 tells you who you are. You are the light of the world. 
I am the light of the world. You've been laying on the ground with the devil's foot on your throat long enough. Get up! You've been quaking in fear long before Corona got here. You've been living in self-doubt. You've been living in condemnation. You've been thinking you weren't enough and the devil's foot has been on your throat. Get up! Get up. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. People watching you. People see you. People hear you. You think, I am nothing. You are not nothing. You are the light. I am the light of the world. You are like a city on a hill. What he's really after is your testimony. He wants to turn out that light. But people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. They put it on a stand. And what will you do? You'll give light to all of the house around you. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and the good work the Father has done in you, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Worship team, come on. Hmm. Father, there are those here. Prayer team, would you join me now, please, on each side? Prayer team, move quickly. Leave the middle open, just out on the sides. Hmm. There are those here, and you have been living shaking. You've been living. You lost a loved one. You lost a job. You lost something in your health. You got a diagnosis that yet remains. I can't promise that that's going away. I am not a miracle worker. He is. But you've been shaken. You've been shaking. And you need to get up. You've been shaking through corona. You've been shaking through the economic downturn. You've been shaking and it's time. Young people, some of you have been shaking. Is, is school going to go back in? Are we ever going to get back to normal? I don't know, young people. But it's time to quit shaking. It's time to stand up and believe in what God is and who he is.